Hello, I'm Laura McDougall. Welcome to November 2017's Planet Pipe. This month, the new releases have been stacking up and we get a chance to play some of them, including Ross Ainsley's latest release, Sanctuary, which is playing right now. There's also a strong Gallic thread through the show with music from Marianne Kennedy and Krieger Laurie. Krieger also leads a tribute to a great man who we recently lost, Norman McLean. Norman was known as a comedian, but also a great piper and so much more. But first, let's hear Ross Ainsley.
Let the Wild Ones Roam from Ross Ainsley. The tunes in that set were all written by Ross. They started off with Teapot, named, I think, after a beautiful little creative retreat. Um, it's a wee studio in Perthshire. That was followed by Ellie to Floyd, uh, and then finally Great White. That's from his new album, Sanctuary, which is an unusual album in the way that it's actually designed from the bottom up to be played as one long piece going from track 1 to track 12. There are sounds on that, the likes of which I don't think you'll have ever heard before. It really is a a great album. It draws from Ross's experiences and travels. Listen out for some recurring themes that you've heard in that track that you will also hear in a lot of the other tracks throughout the whole album. It's available to download on Ross's Bandcamp. As well as that project, Ross has also been performing a lot with a great young Piper Breeze Campbell, who is also a wonderful musician. Uh, They've not recorded anything officially yet, but if you want, you can check them out on social media. I was saddened to hear recently of the passing of Norma McLean, a great Piper musician, comedian, composer. He did so much. Um, We're going to hear a tribute from him shortly from Gregor Lowry. But first, let's listen back to a Planet Pipe show that he did in 2006. It wasn't ever supposed to be a Planet Pipe show, but it did find its way to being put out on Planet Pipe. We sent Norman to interview some of the Pipe Majors, Pipe Majors of the top bands as they came off. But it's to the end of the day we listen and the awards ceremony. And Norman shared his thoughts on the day. Grade 1 selection prize winning the Willie Dixon Memorial Cup, the Field Marshal Montgomery. They are a powerhouse, there is no doubt about it. Uh, Richard Parks, very hard worker indeed, and he's whipped them into shape. They are, uh, as we speak, over the last six weeks, they're unbeatable. Pains me to say it because I am Scottish and uh, I should have preferred a Scottish band to to win. But um, what remains of my common sense and my musicality dictates that Field Marshal Montgomery are the boys. So it's over for another year. But you know, the work begins again very, very soon. Come November, December, these guys will get the pipes out the box and they'll be spot on. I don't know how they do it, I don't know what magic pill they take, and then they'll sweep forward to the competing season. Uh, May I reiterate, I enjoyed this afternoon. I have one or two regrets. One is I didn't secure a piece of headgear from the pipe band from Pakistan. That would have made a great hit at Kigori Hotel in Becula. And also, I saw a Jennifer Lopez look-alike, and I was desperate to get over to her uh, and tell her in her native language that the day that she was born, a star fell from heaven. Didn't happen, but um, interesting thing, sartorial point is, these young girls all have the crop top, and they all have body piercing. They have rings on their nose, on their eyebrows, on their lips, on their tongues, God knows where else. Now, when I was a young man, a boily boy full of acne and ideals, to pull a bird, you had to dress nicely, you had to have a charming smile, and you had to have a good line and pattern. Nowadays, to pull a bird, all you need is a magnet. 
the voice of Norman McLean there when we had him out on the field of the World Pipe Band Championships for interviews with the pipe majors as they came off from their performances as well as a few other prominent pipers. Uh, there was a lot of musical chat with those pipe majors but he just couldn't help himself there with a few jokes at the end of the day. And we'll hear shortly about how much more there was to Norman than just the comedian side of it. From someone who I think it's right to say is a prodigy of the man. He is Gregor Lowry. Um, But first let's hear some tunes, one of which is written by Norman. And it's called Scarce of Tatties. It's a tune that has been loved by many folk bands, including Silly Wizard, to pipe bands. But it's actually the solo playing of another of Oban's finest, Angus McCall. It's from his 1994 album, The Clan McCall. And we play a set of jigs. There's two tunes before Norman's tune. They are Archie Begg and Archie McNabb. Then there's Norman's tune, which is, of course, called Scarce of Tatties. And finishing off with Joshua James.
the unmistakable playing of Angus McCall with some jigs, which included Scarce of Tatties by Norman McLean, who passed away in August. I asked Gregor Lowry, someone who was very close to Norman, to pay a tribute to him. And we'll hear that after his musical tribute, first of all, to Norman. It's a 2-4 march called Norman McLean. <laughs> Thank you. 
When I first met Turamit, I was 10 years old. Like most parents with ties to the Gaeltach, mine were fans of his comedy, and my mother got to know him quite well through her work with Gaelic TV back in the 1990s. Around that time, my mother called upon Norman's services to make an appearance in a rather tacky children's TV programme which was shown in BBC One. I remember being starstruck upon meeting him as he outshone the amateurish young TV presenters with his flamboyant natural performance and wit. This was also the occasion of my debut performance on TV when I played with the Dumbarton District Novice Juvenile Pipe Band. Little did I know at the age of 10 that Norman was to have such a massive influence over me and my life path some years down the line. As my formative years passed and I rose through the ranks of the piping fraternity, I eventually chose a different path from that of competitive piping. Through the influence of my parents and family friends, I had come to take more than a tenuous interest in my roots in the Gaelic side of the piping tradition, which are strong in both sides of my family. Spurred on by my now close friend Alan MacDonald, I worked hard to grasp my native tongue, visiting family in Skye and spending much of my time in the Highlands as I reconnected with my roots and attended classes at university with a monk-like dedication to gaining fluency in the language. I must have been about 20 years old studying music in Glasgow when my mother phoned up Taramat to see if he would help take my grasp of the language to the next level. And being the kind, generous soul that he was, he was only too pleased to entertain a wide-eyed, budding young Gaelic singer. From the moment I walked into the door of his flat at Laura Drive, my life was never the same again. Colesio. Who do you belong to? A saying common to Barra and Ewist. This was one of the first introductions I was taught, and Norman wanted to know all about who I belonged to, believe me. And when he realised I was from the same stock as the great Ulam Bowery, William Laurie of Balachulish, I was never allowed to enter his premises without playing a few tunes in his pipe again. The encouragement I received as a piper was tremendous, and straight away he started me on my first formal Gaelic singing lesson. The song was Satavum He Boon Benetar, a song which hails from the same region of Skye as my great granny. From there he started me upon the Cayley song repertoire, Stro nach Gurich mit Turmir Tir, Telnanau. Unbeknownst to myself at the time, I had become one of his projects. Always disdainful towards mediocrity, particularly in the Gallic arts, he wanted me to reach the peak of my abilities as a performer, and he'd done this subtly without me even realising it. Even his Gallic lessons were subliminal. Here's a book I'm writing. It's called Dacha Mogel. I was to work through the book chapter by chapter, picking up on the tiny nuances of the several dialects and sub-dialects of Gaelic he had mastered himself through the years through his keen observation. I would record his recitation of the text in a cassette recorder, and he gave each character a distinct voice and accent, familiarising me with the various intricacies of colloquial Gaelic and causing great hilarity at the same time. Every moment spent with Taramat was a lesson. Even at the times when I would arrive and he was unable to go through songs or Gaelic with me because of his condition, he still made time for me, introducing me to recordings and stories of his own heroes, from Mordani Mast to Shani Ratchin, the late pipe major John MacDonald of South Uist. He delighted in telling funny stories of the golden era in piping when a large percentage of pipers still spoke their native tongue, and we shared in a characteristically West Highland sense of humour. 
Countless stories and anecdotes that he never did write down or record. Stories about his uncle, Seamus Moore, with whom he had spent part of his childhood in the remote Lhaber village of Glendessery. Tales of his time in Uist as a boy. I was enthralled and I absolutely adored him. I wished to emulate him and I did. It wasn't long before we started performing together and my experience of travelling to appear in front of his adoring fans around the Highlands were amongst the highlights of my early adulthood. Norman was a man who needed to be focusing on something and when I met him he was focused on finishing the aforementioned book he was working on. Being of the typewriter generation, I would occasionally have to help him with his computer skills and of course all the time he was subliminally teaching me more Gaelic, more songs and instilling in me a deep sense of Gaelic identity. He actually told me I was the greatest student he had ever had that I was one of the most talented singers, the kind of praise I'd never expected to receive from one of my heroes. But of course, Norman was trying to instil a sense of self-confidence in me, a self-confidence which at that age I was lacking to some degree. Over the years our friendship grew and I seemed to have a knack for remembering the things he had been teaching me, whether it was me or whether it was his ingenious way of passing on information I'll never know, but I always had a sense that what I was learning from him was to be treasured and we went through hard times. I tried to be there for him as much as I could. It was very difficult at times, and I'm thankful to my parents for helping him at those times as well. When I moved to US, Turmut had prepared me for almost every scenario. From passing on popular songs, I went on to perform around the islands with various Cayley artists, to Gaelic swear words and jokes. I became native almost immediately, much to the surprise of the people of the island. As I went further into my twenties, I started receiving the deeper aspects of Taramut's education and he gradually introduced me to what has now become a life path, Barstach, Gaelic poetry. He helped me realise my own place within the tradition and without him I fear I would have struggled to reach any level of authenticity. Underneath all the flamboyance and show, Turamut was a deep man, and in my study of his masterpiece Muldown, amongst other works of genius, I started to realise that he had gifts that went beyond the natural realm. The gifts of prophecy and an unchained direct connection to the ancestors. This was the greatest gift that Turamut could have given me. And as I think back on the times we spent together talking of generations past, the great genius of Dunchaban, Machvai Shirawister, and other greats who have gone before, I know he is still here, and he is in my every word, in every phrase, and every sound. Taramut once publicly declared that he thought that I would probably follow in his footsteps, and in a sense, I've had a lot to live up to. When Taramut moved back to Uist several years ago, I had moved on and was starting to find my own voice and my own dialect and my own way of expressing my inner bardach. In this time, I regret that I never saw much of him, but I cherish the days and nights that we did spend together. And I shall be ever thankful to Chrylahe and Listening Soul, the only tree in the Garden of Eyes. Mila Tengoch the Hermit, Hishengahartu, Iraras and Neve. Thanks to Grieger for those lovely words. And that made me think of Grieger's album. It was 2007 that he released it, and it was called Dalriada. So let's play the title track from it. And I think a lot of pipers might recognise the melody as Duncan Johnson's Farewell to Nick. Here's Grieger with Dalriada. <laughs> 
Now, continuing in this Gaelic thread, let's hear a great new album from Marianne Kennedy, which I was lucky enough to play pipes on. It's been a bit of a long time coming from Marianne, but she is a fantastic oral musician, singer, composer, and um, you'll hear a lot of different sounds on this album. It ranges from everything from from very out-there jazz to classical to just good old trad. It's been getting a lot of great reviews, so definitely check out the whole album. But I'm going to play a track that features the bagpipes of Jarlath Henderson, of course. He's a fantastic Illum pipe player. It's a new song for Flora McNeil. Flora McNeil um, was a great Gaelic singer and tradition bearer. It's called Dan Ur de Flora McNeil.
What a sound from Marianne Kennedy and her big band there. Um, and it's actually Marianne's music we stick with for the next track. It's a set of tunes from Fiddler's Bid. Fiddler's Bid are a great Scottish quartet of fiddle, uh, along with accompaniment usually, I think, guitar and piano. They also do a great job of a lot of pipe tunes if you check their back catalogue. But this is from their brand new album called The Key. And it's a track that features two new tunes, Beginning with Mary Ann's tune, which is called John MacDonald of Colview, and finishing off with another great tune by a non-piping composer, but one that has been welcomed into the piping repertoire. It's called Picnic in the Sky by Matthew Watson.
the brilliant tune Picnic in the Sky by Matthew Watson from the new album by Blazing Fiddles, which is called The Key. And that tune has been played, like I said, by a number of pipe bands now and also taken on by a future guest on the show, Stuart Little. Uh, We're hoping to interview Stuart within the next month, so look out for that interview very soon. But for now, that's all for November's Planet Pipe. Thanks to Gregor for sharing his lovely words on Norman McLean. And from me, Lorne McDougall, thanks for listening to Planet Pipe. Be sure to get in touch with us. Planet Pipe is on Facebook. You can email us, studio at Planet Pipe. And we're very easy to find on various other platforms. I'd love to hear from you. And speaking of future guests, here's another one we've got lined up for you. It's from his new album. He is Callum Stewart. He's one of the finest Ellen Pipers I've ever heard. His new album is called Tales from the North. It's an album with a strong emphasis on music from the north of Scotland, a place where, in his sleeve notes, Callum calls home. We'll hear a James Scott Skinner tune here with Callum on low whistle. It's also a tune that's found its way into the Pipers' repertoire as a 4-4 march, The Music of Spey. <laughs> 